Well, good morning and welcome to today's service. Just a reminder, today is Communion Sunday, so if you don't have your elements, please make sure you take uh, go and get your elements together. Also, today is the first Sunday. Uh, on the first Sunday, we're still giving to the wells in Uganda, so um, I'll give accordingly. Let us pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come to you today. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this fellowship. Thank you for the sermon that you have given me to give your people. I ask that you would just bless our fellowship together in Jesus' name. Amen. Our scripture reading today comes from 2 Corinthians 13, verses 1 through 5. And it reads, There will be this will be the third time I am coming to you. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. I have told you before and foretell as if I were present the second time. And now being absent, I write to those who have sinned before and to all the rest that I come again, I will not spare. Since you seek a proof of Christ speaking in me, who is not weak towards you, but mighty in you. For though he was crucified in weakness, yet he lived by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God of God toward us. Examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Do you not know yourself that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you are disqualified? I'd like to use for a topic today, am I a builder or wrecker for Christ? Nine questions for Christian self-examination. As I watched them tear a building down, a gang of men in a busy town with a whole hee-ho and a lusty yell, they swung a beam and the sidewall fell. I asked the foreman, are these men skilled and the men you hired if you wanted to build? He gave a laugh and said, no indeed, just coming labor is all I need. I can easily wreck in a day or two what builders have taken years to do. And though, and I thought to myself as I went my way, which of these roles have I tried to play? Am I a builder who works with care, measuring life by rule and spare? Am I shaping my work to a well-made plan, patiently doing the best I can? Or am I a wrecker who walks to town content with the labor of tearing down? Oh Lord, let my life and my labor be that which builds for eternity, author unknown. Sometimes we need to check ourselves before God does. Self-examination is nothing new. What I've discovered about self-examination is the older that I get, the more seriously I take self-examination. Now I'm talking about physical and spiritual self-examination. When it comes to self-examination, especially for specific groups of people, there are specific areas of concern we must pay close attention to. For instance, we know that prostate cancer and diabetes are more prevalent in African-American men and that we need to get checked regularly, especially as we get older. As men and women, we are taught to check specific areas of our body, anatomy. For men, it's the lower part. For women, it's the upper part. We self-examine as a precaution and a procedure to catch bumps or lumps that should, should not be present. Self-examinations are important for our physical well-being we are told by the medical doctor to self-examine ourselves daily while in the shower. Well, the same applies for our spiritual well-being. We should self-examine ourselves daily, seeking out those lumps and bumps that can prevent us from displaying Christ in us and through us to those around us. Let me say that again. We should self-examine ourselves daily, seeking out those lumps and bumps 
that can prevent us from displaying Christ in us and through us to those around us. You see, we should not have to walk with a sign saying, I am a child of God or a Christian. The Christ in us should be displayed through us to the people around us. Matthew tells us in Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Matthew is saying, let the light of Christ resonate through us to those around us. It is by our actions and inactions that people see our character and our content. So let's walk through the scripture. We found Paul speaking in 2 Corinthians 13 and 1, and he says, this will be the third time I'm coming to you by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. Paul is headed back to Corinth for the third time, and this time Paul is coming to investigate the sins among believers. I don't want you to miss what I just said. Paul is coming to investigate the sins among believers. I could not help myself but to think about when Christ returns to judge, what will he have the judge among the believers? Here Paul is telling the Corinthians that, look, I've already been here twice. The first time I was here, I established the church, and now on my third visit, I'm coming to you by mouth, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. What is it that Paul is saying in verse 1? Paul is referring to Deuteronomy 19 and 15, which is the law. He says this, one witness, Deuteronomy says, one witness shall not rise against a man concerning any iniquities or any sin that he commits. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, the matter shall be established. Paul is saying that to validate any iniquities or meaning evil or sin, I will bring two, one, uh, I will not one witness, bring one witness, but two or three witnesses that will help establish or validate what I see. What is the purpose of bringing someone with you? When there's, a, when there's an issue between us and one of the other saints, Matthew tells us in Matthew 18, 15 through 16, moreover, if you, your brother sins against you, go and tell his him, him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear you, take with you one or two more. He says, take with you one or two more that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. Established is to help validate what has been seen or heard. Paul is bringing with him witnesses to help validate what he sees or hears. Paul goes on to tell us in verse 2, I have told you before and foretell as if I were present the second time, and now being absent, I write those, I write to those who have sinned before and to all the rest that if I come again, I will not spare. Paul is saying that I've been here twice and that this is the third time that I'm coming. I'm coming with authority to correct the behavior that I'm hearing and may see for myself. Paul is saying, it's like, uh, uh, what Paul is saying is like what a parent says to us when they tell us to do something and then they come back. They said, I'm coming back to double check. Paul is saying that when I left you after the first time, I expected to see some growth upon my return. I expect to see some change in you and in your uh, beliefs and your practices. You should not be the same as when I left you. You should not be doing the same things you were doing uh, when I left the first time or the second time. And if you are doing those things, it will be revealed and validated. 
Well, what are you saying, Pastor Stevens? I'm saying that once we have given our life to Christ, the work begins in keeping our lives Christ-like. We have to stop hanging out where we used to hang out and hanging with who we used to hang with. You see, an alcoholic in recovery will never stay sober if he or she continues to hang out with drunks. Do I need to spell it out? No more bar stops. No more club stops. No more slipping and dipping and midnight tipping. Amen, Pastor Stevens. Paul says, 1 Corinthians 13, 11, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Paul is saying that as a child, we don't clearly understand. We can't clearly grasp the concept. But as we mature, there should be a sign a better understanding and a clearer picture. There should be change. We need to self-examine ourselves, to check ourselves for change. Look what unfolds in verse 3. The people of Corinth got a little beside themselves. They got cocky and began to question Paul's legitimacy and his authority. They've been deceived or misled by false teaching and false preaching, and now they were to the point that they challenged Paul's authority. They were looking for proof that Paul was under the authority of God. Just like some Christians today that have gotten away from the word and want to challenge our calling as clergy or our very conversion as Christians. He ain't saved or she ain't saved. They don't know you or me from Adam, but they have already cast judgment on the legitimacy of our faith and our walk. Paul in verse 3 says that since you seek a proof of Christ speaking in me, who is not weak towards you, but mighty in you. Paul says, I may appear uh, in the flesh weak, but Christ speaking in me is not weak. He is the source of strength. Paul is saying that out of all the people you could have chosen to call out, you want to call me out and challenge my authority and the strength of my authority. Paul, you know, people will call you out. People will remind us of what we used to be like. People will dig up, pull up, and stick Stick up what we used to be. They will challenge the very core of, of, uh, of who we are. Uh, you know uh, what I'm saying and talking about. Well, you used to be able to drink people under the table, but now you're saving. You don't drink anymore, but yet still they bring that up. How do you respond to someone who challenges you? If you challenge you or challenge your Christianity, especially for those who knew you before you gave your life to Christ. Matthew 7, 20. Tells us like this, therefore by their fruit you will know them. By their fruit you will know them. They know not so much by what we say, but by what we do. Matthew is saying that it is not so much about what we say, but what we do as Christians. We can speak until we're blue in the face, but the old adage, action speaks louder than words, holds true. Remember this, Paul persecuted Christians, and until he started preaching the word of God and standing on the word of God, uh, people and disciples had a hard time believing he had changed. Let me bring it home a little closer. Dr. Harris uh, 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 and I have been speaking and have been going around on radio shows speaking out against the KKK. Dr. Harris especially wrote a book. For many people today, it's hard for them to believe that he has changed. Uh, in fact, um, on, the, on the radio show he was speaking on one night, uh, a listener uh, uh, wrote, a, um, uh, wrote in or called in and asked the question, asked the host the question, how do we know he has changed? Dr. Harris' response was the same as the response in the Bible. Let my fruit 
display my transformation. By his fruits, by his work, we see Dr. Harris' transformation. It should be the same with us. When someone questions our legitimacy as a saint, we don't have to say anything. We just need to allow our actions to be our voice. Let's look at verse 4. Paul goes on to say, For though he was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God towards you. Paul and the Corinthians' perception of strength and weakness was totally different. The Corinthians, like many today, get obedience confused with weakness. Jesus' obedience to the Father to be put through the agonizing torture and crucifixion was by far, for Christians, the most powerful show of strength that has ever been seen. Knowing that Jesus had the power to call down angels but yielded to the will of God is true power and strength. Paul says that what you saw as weakness was a pure display of Jesus' strength. You see, no one took Jesus' life. Understand, understand something. Nothing on earth had the power to take Jesus' life. Jesus gave up his, his life willingly for the sake of mankind. That is a display of true power, especially when you have not committed uh, any sins or nor guilty of any crime. Paul also goes on to say, we too may appear weak as Christians. He says, we too may appear weak as Christians in our Christianity because of who we serve, but rest assured that because we serve Christ, we fall into the same strength that is given through him by his Father, God Almighty. Finally, in verse 5, Paul brings it home to them and us when it comes to checking ourselves, when it comes to self-examination. After all that's been discussed between the Corinthians and Paul, Paul flips the script, and I like this on the people. Paul says in verse 5, he says, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you are disqualified? Paul is saying that since you want to challenge my authority and my legitimacy, if you were brought to Christ through me and my apostleship is faith, then that stands to reason that you too are also false. In essence, if I'm a faith, that makes you a faith also. Paul was the spiritual father, and if his apostleship was counterfeit, so was their faith. Paul is not telling the Corinthians to take part in self-examination or proof of their salvation. He is saying, check on the legitimacy of their faith. Were they true believers or not? Paul is saying that you want to challenge my authority? Well then, how do you know if you are true believers in the faith? When someone challenges Dr. Stevens or Pastor Stevens' authority, when they challenge my faith, I just send them or recite Matthew 7, 17 and 20. It says, even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor, a, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, this is it. This is the meat and taters right here in verse 20. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. By their fruits, you will know them. So Paul in verse 5 has challenged the Corinthians to examine themselves, to test themselves on whether or not they are in the faith. Listen, a lot of people can profess to know God and to be a Christian, but was it their walk 
and their track records say about them, how and who uh, they live their life for. Is it for themselves or is it for Christ? Uh, uh, as we make our way through this new normal of COVID-19 and social injustice, as we make our way sojourning through life, meaning just passing through, we have to check ourselves. Uh, we have to check our actions and we have to check our inactions and we have to check our emotions to the current state of the situations that surround us. And if we are not careful, our situations can in fact end up drowning us into becoming bitter, not better. If we're not careful, we can allow our situations to drown us into becoming blinded by hate and not healing. Uh, listen, I'm not, uh, I, I am not foolish and I realize what is going on in the world and especially in this country. And that's why self-examination are so important to us as Christians. Self-examination help, help, helps us to, to, to understand or to determine if we're building up the kingdom or if we're on the tearing down end of the kingdom. It is so, it is so uh, we don't get caught up uh, and messed up because we miss our self-checkup. I, I want you to know uh, we have to be careful. Let me share with you nine uh, questions we can ask ourselves as part of our self-examinations to where we are in the faith. God has given us a checklist begin, uh, in Galatians 5 and 22 through 23. They are the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit are what is produced in us through the vine that we are connected to. How can we be connected to the good vine and produce bad fruit? Being connected to the good vine should allow us to build up the kingdom, not tear the kingdom down. If we are who we say we are, we believe in whom we say we believe, then our good fruit will be displayed through the Spirit. Uh, uh, Paul says in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. The first fruit that we should ask ourselves, the first fruit question that we should ask ourselves is, does my daily actions display my love for Christ and the love uh, of Christ? We should be taking a self-examination, my brothers and sisters, of how we are displaying our love for Christ and how the love of Christ is displayed in us and through us to those around us. Let me say that again. I want to make sure you have that. We should be taking a self-examination of how we are displaying our love for Christ and how the love of Christ is displayed in us and through us to the people around us. Uh, 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 do we display it in our daily walk? Does Christ's love resonate through me or others that I meet, uh, uh, to others that I meet? If our answer is no, then we need to readjust our actions. Uh, uh, God has placed such a huge emphasis on love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Uh, uh, we have 1 Corinthians 13, 4, 7, and 13. Love suffers long and is kind, does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely. This is, this is, this is Paul telling us about, about love, does not behave uh, rudely. I, I, I like that, does not seek his own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquities, but rejoices in the truth bears all things, believe all things, hope all things, endures all things. And then he wraps it up here in verse 13. I love what he says. And now by faith, hope, 
these uh, abide faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. The second examination question that we should be asking ourselves is joy. Uh, God gives us joy through the Holy Spirit. Where does your joy come from? First Thessalonians 1 and 6, and you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much afflictions with joy of the Holy Spirit. Paul says our joy uh, uh, comes from the Holy Spirit. Uh, uh, look at what James says. My brothers, count it all joy when we fall into various trials, knowing that the test in our faith produces patience. James is saying we should have a joy that supersedes our situation. The third self-examination, uh, uh, the third self-examination fruit question that we should be asking ourselves is, who is the source of our peace? Uh, we should be checking the source of our peace. We're living through worldwide epidemics, and uh, our peace should be the peace coming from God, that peace that surpasses all understanding that Paul talks about in Philippians 4 and 7. Uh, our fourth self-examination, we should be asking ourselves, how stable am I in my long suffering? We're going to have some suffering, Paul says in Romans 5, 3 through 4, not, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope. Uh, uh, we have to uh, endure some things in life, but we got to keep moving on. The fifth self-examination we should be asking ourselves is, does my daily action display my kindness toward others, no matter who they are or what they have done? Ephesians 4.32 says, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one, uh, one another, even as God and Christ forgave you. We have to examine ourselves. The sixth self-examination question we should be asking ourselves is, does the goodness I display in my daily walk represent the goodness that uh, the good Samaritan displayed toward a perfect stranger as we examine ourselves? Uh, that goodness of spending my money and my time uh, with people that uh, I don't know, spending my money and my time to help others that uh, I, I'm not affiliated with. The second self-examination, the seventh self-examination question we should be asking ourselves is, does my actions and my fellowship represent my faithfulness? In, uh, in our faithful, faithfulness, self-examination, it deals with how committed we are to Christ and the family. How committed are we? Do we go to Bible study? Do we read our Bibles daily? Uh, uh, Luke tells us in chapter 16, he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much, and he who is unjust in what is least is also unjust in what uh, and unjust also in much. So, in our eighth and self uh, self examination, we should be asking ourselves, how well do I act toward others when I'm angry? That gentleness, how gentle am I toward others? Gentleness involved the way we act toward others is having a humble heart. How humble is my heart for those? Uh, and uh, 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 the ninth and final self examination we should be asking ourselves is, how well do I control my desires and addiction? And addiction. How is my self-control? Our self-control examinations involve being disciplined and restrained. This is by far one of the most challenging for Christians because the mind and the heart wants what the mind and the heart. Addiction, payback, retribution, retaliation comes to mind when I think about forces we fight against and controlling our desire. The lack of self-control leads us to becoming an easy target for Satan. We become the target by the temptations of the flesh. I think uh, 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 listen, Corinthians 9.27, Paul says, Because I discipline my body and bring it into subjections, lest when I have preached to others, I myself become 
disqualified. We got to train up the body. We got to train ourselves, and that comes through reading the Word, reading the Bible through uh, one year, reading the Word, and staying in the Word. So, so what self-examination issues do you have or have you struggled with now uh, in the past? Once we completed our self-examination, we should, we should come away with a report card on how well we are doing in Christ. Did you find any lumps or bumps that need to be further investigated? Self-examination is important and imperative to us from a physical and spiritual viewpoint. When we lack self-examination, we lose the ability to catch what may be festering or growing up inside of us to the point it consumes us in becoming lured into the lustfulness of the world treasures and we lose sight of the Lord's treasure. Our wellness or fitness report should be a reflection of the man or woman who is healthy in Christ. Amen. Self-reflection. It should reflect who we are. It should be who we are as Christians. Listen, self-reflection begins by giving your life to Christ. If you have not given your life to Christ, if you don't know Christ for yourself, as simple as A, B, C, if you just admit to God that you are sinner, Believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and accept God's gift of forgiving you for your sin. Confess your faith in Jesus Christ uh, as your Lord and Savior. If you admit, believe, and confess, you have been saved. At this, at this moment, we want to begin our communion. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11, 20, 11, 23 and 9, I received from the Lord that which the Lord delivered unto you. And the Lord Jesus on the night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had finished giving thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. This often as you do this, you drink it, remember it, drink it in remembrance of me. For often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he come again. The bread symbolizes Christ's body broken on Calvary. Let us eat together. Likewise, the cup symbolizes Christ's blood shed on Calvary. Let us eat, drink together. Let us pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for this message today. Let it resonate in the hearts and minds of those who listen. In Jesus' name. Now may the Lord, now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God our Savior be glory in majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forever. Amen. To God be the glory.